I conclude this morning our series on the coat my father gave me, discussing the highlight of the life of Joseph. Joseph has gone through a great ordeal in order to arrive at the place of God's promise and God's promotion. The Pharaoh of Egypt, the mightiest man in all of the world of his day, had a great problem on his hands. He was instructed in a dream that there were going to be seven years of abundance. Seven years of provision such as Egypt maybe had never known before. That this abundance would be something that would be in a way misleading to them because following the seven years of abundance there would be seven years of terrible famine. And just as much as there was abundance in the previous seven years there would be famine in the seven years that followed. And there would be a hunger in all of the land of Egypt. Not only the land of Egypt, but the entire world would experience this famine. And so God laid this burden upon Pharaoh, and he troubled him with this in a dream. The scripture says that when Pharaoh began to inquire who might be able to interpret this dream, they told him about a man who was in prison. He was a Jew by birth had been sold by his brothers into slavery, had been falsely accused by his boss's wife, and was now a forgotten man in the prison cell. He told, they told him about Joseph, who was the interpreter of dreams. And Joseph, whom it seemed that God himself had forgotten in one moment, was promoted from the pit to the palace and was brought up out of trouble into a place of promise and a place of of influence. He came to Pharaoh and he said, Pharaoh, this is what God says concerning your dream. There are going to be seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine, and you had better get ready. Listen, church, whenever God gives an instruction, you and I had better get ready. We had better be alert to what God is saying, what God is speaking to our hearts and to our families. Joseph gave this instruction, he gave this warning to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said, What should I do? What, what is it that I am supposed to do in order to uh, prevent this or to stop this? And Joseph gave him a simple instruction. He said, take 20% of the gross domestic product of Egypt for the next seven years and store it away. Save it away because in the days of famine, you're going to need that grain. You're going to need that food. And so the, the instruction and the wisdom was given by Joseph. And the Bible said that Pharaoh said, what, how do I do this? He said, you should appoint a man to do this, a man who can uh, administer the entire nation of Egypt. And Pharaoh took Joseph and he made him that man. He made him the prime minister of Egypt and he set him above everyone except himself. And he said to Joseph, Joseph, you're going to be the man in charge. You're going to be the man with the plan. And no one will say anything in this country unless you say it. And no one will do anything in Egypt unless you give the authority. And the only one above you will be the Pharaoh. That will be me. The scripture says that Joseph was given a name. A name that symbolized his authority and his power. He was given the authority to rule over the nation of Egypt to prepare it for this famine. And I want you to remember that Joseph is a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ. Joseph is an Old Testament picture of a New Testament reality. For you see, 
just like Joseph was raised up out of the pit and placed in the throne, so the Lord Jesus Christ was raised up out of the grave and today sits at the right hand of the majesty of God. And just as Joseph had the wisdom for the saving of Egypt, so Jesus Christ has the wisdom and the message that will save the world today. And just as Joseph was given a name that was above all the names in Egypt, Jesus has been given a name which is above every name. The Bible said that because Jesus has been given this name, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I don't know if you realize it today, but you have something to be thankful for in the name of Jesus. Because the name of Jesus is the name that unlocks the door of heaven and shuts the door of hell. The name of Jesus is the key to blessing and provision in your life. The name of Jesus has power. When you speak the name of Jesus, demons tremble and hell shakes. When you speak the name of Jesus, God hears your prayers. When you speak the name of Jesus, disease has to flee. And provision and blessing are brought into your life. Come on, somebody. I'm not talking about Buddha this morning. I'm not talking about Krishna this morning. I'm not talking about Mohammed this morning. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. That name above every name the bible says oh lord oh lord how excellent is your name in all the earth have you ever stopped to think about the excellence of our god our god is excellent in all of his ways he is the absolute image of perfection there is no one like him in all the earth you and i may strive for excellence but he is excellence itself he is excellence in his nature he is omnipresent meaning he is everywhere he is omnipotent meaning he can do all things he is omniscient meaning he knows everything he is holy he is righteous he is good he is grace he is mercy he is love oh behold how excellent is his name he is excellent in his creation when you look at the sun setting and the, the, the image of color spread across the sky. When you look and you see the glories of a cascading waterfall or the stars twinkling in the night. You have to say, oh Lord, you are excellent. You are above all things and you are good. When you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning after you put yourself together, smile and say, oh Lord, how excellent are your ways. How awesome are the things that you have created. Come on, somebody. Our God is excellent in all of his ways. He is excellent in his wisdom and excellent in his doctrine. He who studies the words of this book will be wiser than all of his teachers because his word is light in the midst of darkness. His hope brings hope to the hopeless and joy to the joyless. His word is comfort to the sorrowing. It is grace to those who are lost. It is a map and a guide to those who seek to find heaven. His word is excellent in all of his ways. You say, Pastor, I want to have an excellent life. Read the word of God. You say, Pastor, I want to be excellent excellent in my decisions read the word of God you want to have excellence in your marriage read the word of God it is the excellent word the perfect word of God oh Lord oh Lord how excellent 
is your name in all the earth. Not only is he excellent in his word, but he is excellent in his cross. When you behold the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, you see the perfect and complete provision of God for the salvation of man. When Jesus died on the cross, friend, he didn't leave anything out. You might say, God can't save me. God can't reach me. There's not enough grace to reach me. There's not enough blood to cover away my sin and my transgression. I'll tell you this morning that the blood of Jesus is a perfect thing. It is the blood that makes man whole. And it is a perfect salvation that you and I have through the excellence of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. He was given that name to which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. You say, Pastor, I don't want to honor God. I don't want to honor Jesus. I don't want to serve him. That's all right, friend. You can have what you want. But the day is coming when all of the ages are going to stand before him. When every man from Adam and Eve to the last man ever born will bow their knee to Jesus. The atheist will bow his knee to Jesus. The rebel will bow his knee to Jesus. And they will declare that he is Lord and that he is God. So you can worship him today or you'll worship him tomorrow. But worship him, we will. Better serve him today that his blessing might come into your life. Now the Bible says that the seven years of famine, of pardon, the seven years of plenty came to an end. Someone has said that all good things come to an end. That's all good things but Jesus, all right? Just remember that. But seven years of plenty had come to an end. Instead of two dozens of tamales, they had one. Times were getting rough. Instead of a turkey on the Thanksgiving table, they had a chicken. And it was as though the great abundance that had been accumulated for so long was now a distant memory. The scripture says, first of all, that while the, the nations were in hunger... While there was famine in all of the land that was spread in Egypt. And eventually the famine and the hunger began to permeate even into the house of Egypt. Even into the place which God had sent Joseph to dwell. Hunger began to arrive even at that place. I speak this morning and I'll tell you that America is in a famine. We're not in a famine of, of physical things. If you want bread, there's bread at the grocery store. If you want tacos, there's tacos at the taqueria. But there is a famine in our land for the word of God. The Bible said in the book of Amos that a day would come when men would run to and fro looking for the word of God and would not be able to find it. There's a famine for God's word in America today because we have more Bibles than we've ever had. And yet it's the book least read by our generation. There's a famine in our land because people have forsaken the house of God. And the preaching of the word of God. And we see in our, in our nation the result, the violence and the outbreak of, of immorality and disgrace that has come into our nation. Because we have forgotten to eat the bread of the word. We suffer famine because we do not hear the preaching of the word of God today. And yet there is in this house a remnant of people who say, Pastor, the word still feeds me. The word still satisfies me. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the bread of life. 
I know that sometimes you and I experience spiritual hunger, but there is a house where you can be fed. There is a book that will feed you when you read it, and it will satisfy the hunger of your soul. It is the word of God. And so the nations came to Pharaoh, and they said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, we're hungry. Feed us. Give us some bread. Egypt began to be hungry, and they said the same thing. They said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, give us some bread. Now notice the two instructions that Pharaoh gave to the people. He said to them, go to Joseph. Say that with me this morning. Go to Joseph. You see, Pharaoh gave them an instruction that you and I have also received from God. Except God doesn't say to you, go to Joseph. God says to you this morning, if you're hungry, go to Jesus. If you're tired, go to Jesus. If you're sick, go to Jesus. Come on, somebody. If you are in need of deliverance, go to Jesus. He is the one that has the answer. Come on. I'm talking about the name that can save you and deliver you, but you must come to him. You must go to Jesus. That's the first instruction. You and I are here this morning because one day you heard a preacher say, go to Jesus. One day you answered an altar call or you prayed with someone that led you to Christ and you went to Jesus, friend. And I'll tell you that is the greatest decision that you ever made or can ever make. The decision when a man or a woman says, I have got to go to Jesus. Maybe you came into this house this morning and you came here hopeless and lost, but you said, I've got to go to Jesus. I tell you, Jesus still has an answer for you. Jesus still has hope for you. Go to Jesus. What does America do? If it wants to turn around, it's got to go to Jesus. How do you get the blessing of God on your family? You've got to go to Jesus. How do you get the answer to your prayers? You've got to go to Jesus. You see, Jesus is the only way to bread. Jesus is the only way to victory. God will not bless any other way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I am a way. He didn't say, I am a truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And none can go to the Father except through me. But you see, Pharaoh gave a second instruction. He said, go to Joseph. And then he said, and do what he says. Uh-oh. Now this is what we call uh, the, the, a two-step, right? You got to go to Jesus and then you have to do what he says. There are a lot of people who want to go to Jesus, but they don't want to do what he says. You can't have what he has unless you do what he says. Is the church here this morning? I say you can't have what he has until you do what he says. The Bible said that at the wedding of, the, of Cana of Galilee, they ran out of wine. Uh-oh. That would be like you running out of turkey next, on Thanksgiving. That would be like running out of carne guisada at your wedding reception. Uh-oh, what are we going to do? They ran out of wine. They ran out of, 
out of the beverage. And so they went to Mary. And I think Mary must have been related to the family because of the, the way that they uh, saw that she couldn't meet the need. They went to her and they said, Thea, what are we going to do? We are out of wine. And she said, go to Jesus and do whatever he tells you to do. Come on, somebody. The instruction hasn't changed. Go to Jesus and do what he tells you to do. Oh, but I need a miracle in my marriage. Go to Jesus and do what he tells you to do. I need a miracle with my children. Go to Jesus and do what he tells you to do. He didn't say, go, go to your neighbor. He didn't so go, say, go to your friend. He said, go to Jesus and do what he tells you to do. Because your friend might tell you, just leave that man. If I were you, I would walk out. If I were you, I would leave that job. If I were you, I would give them a piece of my mind. No, friend, don't go to them. Go to Jesus and do what he tells you to do. Follow his instructions. When you obey him, you find blessing. Obedience leads to blessing. And unless you will obey him, you can't have what he has. You can see it. You can, you can sense it's available. But you can't have what he has. And I, I just challenge you this morning. If there's an area of your life that's in disobedience, do as he says. Do what he tells you to do. If he tells you that relationship's not good for you, then let it go. If he tells you to stay put, stay put. If he tells you to get up and go, get up and go. But you do what he says. It, it won't make sense to a lot of people. Some people will contradict you. Some people will say you're making a mistake, but don't you worry about what others say. Remember that he has the last word. He is the one with the answer that you need. He's the one with the solution to your problem. Do what he says. So they went to Joseph. And Joseph did this amazing thing. The Bible said that he opened the storehouse. There behind the locked doors were all of the abundance of Egypt. All of the grace of God stored up for man. I want you to think of that storehouse this morning. Because in that storehouse is every blessing that you will ever need. Everything you need to do the will of God is in that storehouse. Every miracle you've ever prayed for is in that storehouse. Everything that you could hope for from the Lord that new job, that raise in pay, that wife you're praying for, that husband you're praying for, the house you're praying about, it's in the storehouse. It's in the place that God has prepared for you. There is a storehouse in heaven filled with the blessings of the saints. I don't think you heard me this morning. I didn't say it's a little storage room. It's not a little closet. It's a storehouse. It's a warehouse full of the inventory of God's provision for the saints. And Joseph opened the storehouse. Can I tell you that 2,000 years ago, Jesus went to the cross. And on that cross, he died for your sins. And when he rose again from the grave, he opened the storehouse of blessing for all who would come to him by faith. This morning, the storehouse is open for you. This morning, the, the warehouse of blessing and provision is open for you. That storehouse has salvation for your soul. Salvation for your life is in the storehouse that Jesus Christ has provided. 
That storehouse has victory over the tempter and over temptation. That storehouse has healing for the sick and deliverance for the captive. That storehouse has hope for the hopeless and joy for those who are in despair. And I have good news for you this morning. The storehouse has been opened. Our heavenly Joseph has opened wide the doors of provision for you and I. This morning, you are not coming to a God who can't. You are coming to a God who can. I said you are coming to a God who can. A God who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you could ask or even imagine. He opened the storehouse because he had filled the storehouse himself. This was his provision. He had done this. And Jesus Christ has opened the storehouse for you this morning because he's the one that filled it. He's the one that died on the cross for you. He's the one that paid the price to bring into your life everything that you need. Now here's what I need you to understand this morning. You cannot obtain what's in the storehouse unless you come to him by faith. Everything that we receive from God, we receive by faith. Did you hear that this morning? Everything you receive from God, you receive by faith. We receive the we receive salvation by faith. We receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit by faith. We receive the gifts of the Spirit by faith. We receive healing by faith. Everything that's been provided, you and I can receive if we will believe. And the Bible says this, have I not told you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. So where is, what, what is the key then this morning? When you come to God in the name of Jesus and you believe what he has provided is for you you can receive it because the storehouse has been opened. Jesus has filled it full. I said Jesus has filled it full. The Bible says that from him we have all received and grace upon grace. You hear that? Grace upon grace. That tells me that the storehouse this morning has more than enough for you. Now the enemy's going to come and he's going to tell you, no, that storehouse doesn't belong to you. You don't deserve it. You don't have access to it. You cannot obtain the blessing of God in your life. I want you to tell the devil, look, devil, you need to shut up. Because that storehouse was filled by Jesus. And he filled it for me. I said he filled it for me. What's in there he bought for me. He saved me with his blood. He made me a child of God. He adopted me into his family. Come on, I'm talking about your storehouse this morning. Purchased by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the scripture says that a rumor began to circulate. You know how rumors are. Did you hear? You'll never guess what I heard. He said, hey, there's bread in Egypt. There's bread in Egypt. People are talking about the famine. They're talking about how, how bad things are. But there's a rumor going around that says, there's bread in Egypt. Joseph has bread. Joseph has bread. Can I tell you there's a rumor going around Beeville right now? I said, there's a rumor going around Beeville right now. It's going around Bee County. It's going around the coastal bend. You know what I heard? There's bread at Kingsway Church. 
I said there's bread at Kingsway Church. Come on, somebody. I said there's bread at Kingsway Church. God is feeding the hungry. God is delivering the captives. God is saving the lost. God is restoring marriages. There's bread in the house of God. Go to Jesus because there's bread in his house this morning. Come on, Kingsway. You and I have bread enough to spare. We have bread to share with a hungry world. Hallelujah. This morning, this morning there's bread at Kingsway Church. There's bread for Beeville. There's bread for the Coastal Bend region. There's bread for the world. If you will come to Jesus, you can have what we have had. And you will taste what we have tasted. For we have tasted and seen that the Lord, he is good and his mercies endure forever. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, if you're grateful to God, give him praise. Just raise your hands. Open your mouth and bless the Lord. Open your mouth and bless the Lord.